This is a Rooster Teeth production. In Wiltshire County, England, there have been reported sightings of UFOs, crop circles, ancient monuments, and other supernatural phenomena. It is said that these sightings center around a singular location that some people call the UK's Area 51. Today we're going to discuss Rudlow Manor. This is Red Web. Welcome to the new year. We got another mystery to kick it all off. I'm Trevor Collins, and joining me as always is Alfredo Diaz. Bring that mic nice and close. Are we doing aliens? We're doing aliens. We get extraterrestrial. There's a little there's a little nugget in here that I'm excited to get to, but ultimately this isn't necessarily like a, a, a traditional mystery that we've covered. Yeah. This is I just want to talk about Rudlow Manor, and eventually we'll talk about Area 51 in particular, but this is Something I wasn't really super informed Wait, on. Wait, manor like an actual like mansion, manor type area? It or? might be that kind of UK England finesse that they put on their words, right? They're, you right. Know, like manor as in like a property or, or like, True. you know, True. the X Men mansion. Like, UFOs up in this house? Like, that's interesting. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it is like uh, Professor X's uh, mansion, oh but God. it's but it's like Rudlow's manor for extraordinary aliens. I feel like being a part of like Xavier's uh, school for the gifted would be awesome at first. And then you realize, oh, I actually have to go to school still. Like, yeah. There's actual still classes. Like Storm is teaching math. Yeah. But like it, that's awesome, but still math. Right. You're like, I thought I was really cool, but now I'm super normal and yeah. I got to do calculus. Well, now I... <laughs> Christian's, on, not, with it. Christian's not here today. We're doing aliens. So I can't sneak in the, like, welcome to Earth and all, all the <laughs> other, like, <laughs> movie references because this is a movie podcast. So. Well, we do have Ben, who is standing in for Christian today. He can You can hop on the mic if you want. But, Ben, I don't know if you know, this is uh, Rooster Teeth's number one movie podcast about mysteries. So uh, he's pointing to his yeah, head. He's, he's, little, his he's a little shy. Yeah. He's shy today. Yeah. Oh, he didn't turn his mic on. Uh, that'll do it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. You know, I yeah, I'm a firm believer that aliens a do rock hard believer in fact. exist in in some way, shape, or form. Sure. Now, do I feel like they, you know, their Air Fifty One is real, or that we've come into contact with aliens? Eh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but like you're telling me that we're the only living, intelligent beings in the entire universe? No. Like Odds, we we we, we will that we will probably never meet them or see them or whatnot. Um, but it, it's ridiculous to think that we're the only like living intelligent beings in the entire universe, the right. ever expanding universe. Right, exactly. Odds yeah. are so. mm, not that great that we're super alone. However, right. you got the Fermi paradox, which is to say, okay, where are the on. aliens? You want me to? I'll do. I'll do like a. Yeah, explain it like I'm five one. version okay, because, yeah, give me a, because yeah. listen, I'm basically <laughs> understanding it like I'm six. So okay. uh, Fermi Paradox basically saying, where are all the aliens? Because the odds are, boom. So simplified, so huge. it's huge, but we're talking localized to your galaxy or your local supercluster or whatever, basically right. a cluster of galaxies, right? Because there are mm-hmm. massive voids out there that are immense i incalculably we unfathomably are such a small immense. spec we are a oh, yeah. blink in the universe's oh, yeah. like lifespan yeah so basically the fermi paradox states like if we are already looking 
to interstellar travel, if we're already at that stage of researching it, and remember, like 100 years ago, we were just starting to fly. 120 years ago, we were just starting to drive. So, and like in the, it's the late 60s, we go to space. So if on that time frame we are already looking out to space and traveling far distances and trying to reach high speeds, then it stands to reason that there are or would have been other aliens or persons or people right. or things out there that could do the same. And so if you then say, okay, even at like 10% or less the speed of light, somewhere around there, it would only take a few hundred million years to populate the entire galaxy. And the the universe has been around for billions and billions of years, like 13 to 14 mm -hmm. billion years. So if that's the case and we have this like exponential growth of technology and expansion, right. where is everybody? Or are they out there and just kind of, they kind of bubbled us up and they're keeping quiet until we stop infighting. It's, it, it's yeah, hard to know. No, completely, right? We, we, could, they, we could just be a planet in which they think that's just like, oh, they haven't quite developed yeah. uh, as advanced, right? And when they do, and if they settle their differences, then they can join the Galactic Alliance or right, something. Right, right. Like, oh, man, I love, I love space. I love space, just, too. I, but I here, love all the sci-fi. <laughs> what? Huh? You just put some fear into me. Even with all that oh happiness and sunshine that you just spoke, I still had some doom crop up because here's the thing. Imagine the day that we finally hit global peace, right? There's poverty's not an issue. Everyone gets to eat. We all come to a mutual understanding and we all love each other. Everything is great and we hit this utopia, this theoretical utopia. And then suddenly from the heavens, the covenant the covenant settles down and says, we welcome you into our covenant and you can be a part of the Galactic Alliance. And we're like, that sounds like a pretty good deal. You know, scientific exploration expands, our understanding expands, but then new problems, new ideas, new problems, more money, more problems. Suddenly I mean, you have intergalactic wars now and then you're looking for intergalactic peace. And then it just, I just feel like it just never ends, you know? Yeah, but like, I mean, there's always gonna be a downside, right? That's true. Uh, I mean, like, you're <laughs> I would just want to be that one generation that slips in just for that little happy phase. Yeah, <laughs> just for that split happy phase. Like, yeah. I, I think it'd be great. And the advancements in of like, if there was like some kind of galactic council, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure they uh, most likely, if you're accepted into it, are able to share technology, exactly. and learn, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so the type of advancements that we can get past, you know what I mean, and and the cures and how we project ourselves. But I don't know, we're we're all idiots on this planet. We're all pretty idiot. <laughs> we're idiotated. But I mean, maybe that's the a condition for joining is is peace. And so maybe there is no fighting after that. But you know what? If we can come up with the MCU, we just came off of Spider Man. You and I yesterday. Oh my god! Oh my! God. I won't get you started. I would love to get started. Oh my god! Don't get us started. But this would be the whole damn thing. If but we anyways. can come up with the MCU, think about the, the MCU that the aliens have. We got so many more franchises to consume. Damn. Think of the comics they've written. They're li yeah, <laughs> they're like they're living their galactic verse. People are talking about space travel and teleportation and time travel. And I'm like, like think of the comics. Think <laughs> of the black bush to hit fumes that could come from this. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, here's my question. Do yeah. you, do you? I mean, like, yeah, we've made advancements, but I feel like space travel has slowed down. I mean, scratch away like the last maybe four years mm. i feel like it's you know 
very much slowed down. It's definitely slowed down because when you look at things like Nat, I mean, the funding behind it all is exactly. definitely it's, it's, pretty, pretty minimum. Yeah. Uh, but, but then you have the rise. It's true. But then you have the rise of private space exploration. Exactly. You have Virgin Galactic and Blue Horizon, or Blue Bell, SpaceX, Blue Origin, whatever they're called, yeah. Amazon's thing. Yeah. Basically, low atmospheric. You know tourism, yeah, and then you got SpaceX doing their thing. You know, Bezos. not withholding opinions on Elon Musk or whatever. But you know, they're still scratching away, and I think there's a lot of research happening. And so, right. yeah, we're not necessarily busting out into space and kicking oh, down doors, man. but there's a lot still happening in that yeah. arena. And I mean, even do you, do even you as, think we'll be in our lifetime? Yeah. Do you think you and I would be, would be able to go to space with with not like not like fu money, but like like right. a decent amount, like Say a like, splurge, like a thousand dollars ticket. Mm, maybe not. Maybe like hey, ten thousand, ten twenty grand. Yeah, get to go to uh, space. Yeah, I think it, I think it's possible because again, remember how exponential growth of technology is. The only thing that will reset it is like a world, a global war, or a or a solar flare. EMP. Yeah, an EMP. Yeah. You know, something cataclysmic that you can't plan for. But I mean, assuming everything goes as one would hope. I, yeah. I can see that for sure. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I mean, they're already thinking about Mars, right? Yeah. And that's in the next decade. And then you have the James Webb telescope. This is way outside the Sorry, episode. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I no. Mean, this is my bread and butter. I'm an aerospace engineer by wait, background. Also, so this is yeah, my, so my this goodness. Is, this is what Charles going to But we to got the James for. Webb telescope going up soon. We have a mystery about soon. dentistry. I'm like, dig in a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. The mystery about where did the cavity come from? Where did the tooth fairy come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. A cryptid episode oh. on the tooth fairy? That'd be wild. Ooh, a dark take on the tooth fairy? Well, the James Webb Telescope, yeah. supposedly, and again, this is explaining it like I'm two now, can supposedly see beyond the Big Bang. I'm hyper-simplifying, but like this thing, I'm so stoked. I've been stoked Dang. for the last, like ever since I first heard about it, for this thing to go up. And I think it's launching either this month as of the recording of this, December 2021, or sometime soon. Because what happened was at some point they dropped the thing <laughs> and they finished it and they dropped it. And there was like, and so oh, they're like, we got uh, stuff to do. Uh oh. And then it was totally fine. And so oh, they, they actually dropped it. Yeah. It like, oh. it dropped like a sudden drop. Um, Didn't like Christopher Nolan like mess up one of the uh, IMAX cameras? Not equivalent, but yes. I mean, one of like the three that exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wild times. But I mean, it just no. brought that to my head. So the telescope is fine. It's going up and it's going to be, if you think the, the Hubble is impressive, this thing is going to blow its saddle off. Off. Like Damn. I'm so excited for what the insight that this thing is gonna to bring us at the L4 Lagrange point. It's just gonna sit there, way out beyond Earth in the moon, mm -hmm. uh, away from the sun, so it's on the opposite side, so it can't be really affected by the sun. And it is geostationary, way out there from us, and it just kind of orbits around the sun with us, uh, and it just looks out deep into space. I'm super excited. That's so about sick. It. That's so cool. Another another deep dive for another day. But let's talk about Rudlow Manor, another area that honestly I hadn't really known much about. But a lot of people, like I said, refer to this as the UK, the United Kingdom's Area 51. Yeah, I had never heard about this yeah. place ever before. And, and for those who um, maybe don't even know about Area 51, that's like a relatively recently declassified location, outpost, far outpost version of uh, Edwards Air Force Base over in California in Nevada area. Mm -hmm. Um, where they have test flown like the SR-71 and other stealth aircraft. Yep, and then a lot of people crafts. think that also UFOs have been hidden and tested over there and, and aliens are deep under the ground in bunkers and 
Because, I mean, here's the thing. They fly out the employees in... Uh, they fly them out every day from LAX with blocked out windows, the same unmarked plane. And then when they land, they get into buses with blacked out windows and drive onto the base. So it already like, I mean, yeah, they want to be stealthy with their, their tech for, you know, reasons, military reasons. So that's an actual thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. But, but it just makes people go, what are you, what are you selling? I what mean, like buying? we've seen it in the movies and stuff, but could you imagine like just sit here and like let it seep in for a second? Mm -hmm. If you had a job that was so highly classified like that, you went to the missus, yeah. you know, and, and there's just like, hey, I, I got a new job offer. Um, you know, it's fantastic. It's great. It's like, what is it? I can't tell you. Yeah. I just, I can't. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, like, yeah, okay, come on. We always, you know, you that's your, like, you know, that's your person. So you're always like, well, I mean, come on, you know, right, you tell your right. person, he's like, no, no, no. Like this is, no, I have top secret this, classification. This top yeah. secret. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, top secret classification really got boring very quickly. When I realized that most of the jobs I was applying for mm -hmm. necessitated top secret class. <laughs> it's like, like everything was top secret. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff where you just like leave your cell phone outside the building in like a, a Faraday cage or something. So right. and then you just go into an ice box for six months as they do a huge background check on you. It's a. Uh, it's interesting. This is all. That's all. So such interesting information. <laughs> oh my goodness! You're you're hearing from another life of mine. But yeah, uh, let's talk about Rudlow Manor. Oh man! And maybe I'll crazy. sprinkle in some more nuggets throughout the thing. And before we dive in, just like we did last week with Circleville, I do want to say that some of the facts here are a little muddy. It's hard to decipher what exactly is fact and fiction. So we did our best to really ride the line and make sure that we are putting forth the strongest and most factual story around Rudlow Manor. So. For what it's worth, uh, I will quickly define this, but RAF stands for the Royal Air Force. And there's a couple other acronyms that I'm going to be using and defining throughout. But RAF Redlow Manor, formerly known as RAF Box, was a Royal Air Force station located between the settlements of Box and Corsham in Wiltshire, England. I'm going to do my best to pronounce these towns properly. The station was built on top of quarries where bath stone had once been extracted. In the 1930s, some of the tunnels had been converted for use as a central ammunition depot. Rudlow Manor is famous for its underground military town, where millions of pounds were spent leading up to World War II converting these old stone quarries into the world's largest underground factory. The vast caverns were nearly, get this, 2,250,000 square feet that were divided into many smaller chambers where the Ministry of aircraft production built the Beaverbrook Underground Aircraft Factory for the Bristol Aeroplane Company and other companies of that nature. So basically, the history here is that there was a large stone quarry and they repurposed it for an underground military base where they would manufacture aircraft and the like. That's You're talking 2,000 square feet is a huge home. Two yeah. and a quarter million, million. square feet. Yeah. Like the fascinating thing is all underground too. All like, underground. Holy hell! Yeah, it's come out looking like a vampire after a few yeah. days of work. <laughs> and also, I'm just like, why'd I have to be underground? That seems so much harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if you want to keep things super secret, but, sure. but then again, it's like everyone else is just like build a base and then fence it off. Right. But here's like it's underground. We don't want to be seen by satellites. But but sir, how are we going to communicate? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> One long phone line. You know all the people that want to like, you know, charge uh, uh, Area 51 and all that kind of stuff. Like, open the gates. It's like, 
how do you do that for here? You're just like, everyone, pick up your shovels. We're digging down. <laughs> We're heading down to Redlow Manor. See, that's why when you asked about a manor, you, you know, I think the same thing. I think this nice, like, right. haunted manor, you know. I mean, I get like, yeah, that Charles Xavier, <laughs> you know what I mean? X-Men first class type, yeah. of, type of place. Or like Crimson Peak or whatever that is. Yeah. But, uh, but nah. No, maybe maybe there is a small like house up top, but then you go ding, elevator takes you down. Damn, that's so cool. But yeah, it has been the home for many members of MOD, or I'm going to refer to them as MOD throughout this episode. But home to these many members of MOD for for these many years. Now, MOD is the Ministry of Defense for the British government, the department responsible for implementing the defense policy set by Her Majesty's government, and it's the headquarters of the British Armed Forces. So the RAF's secret services were headquartered in Rudlow Manor and were known to send officers out to interview UFO witnesses. So there is a history here, a tangible history of UFO research and interviews. See, that's what's interesting, right? Mm -hmm. You are spending government resources to go talk to people who said they saw UFOs. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? We have covered episodes where, I mean, like the previous one, someone's sending out essentially death threats to uh, a woman and her kid, right? The uh, the letter. Right, episode. right. And you know, Circleville. Circleville. And everyone's like, eh. Here it's like, oh, you, you, say, you say your cousin's aunt, sister, mother twice removed saw a UFO? We got to talk to him. Yeah, the men in black show up. You know? Okay. Or whatever the UK's version of that is. The men in green. <laughs> the men, the in, men green. in plaid. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, here's here's one thing. Like, on one hand, that sounds very intriguing, right? It piques your interest. But on the other hand, of course, you know, counterintelligence is going to be out there. They're going to say, hey, what, uh, what did you see? Maybe that was uh, a stealth aircraft from an enemy country. Or maybe it was an alien. I don't know. Maybe it's True. worth putting the net out there. Or maybe it's there. one of their aircrafts. Right. Then, what do you know like, about what, our yeah. stuff? It's a good point. Uh, yeah, okay. That kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, though, this this kind of activity is what led a lot of people to claim that this was England's equivalent of Area 51, where extraterrestrial evidence was being hidden. So not only are they investigating, but they are now hiding this, this information. Now, of course, the MOD denied this claim, but in 2007, many declassified files came out from the National Archives that confirmed that the site was used for UFO investigations back in the 1950s. So again, you can lean both ways. I think that's why the conversation is still open, because believers definitely say, okay, I'm right. And then like the, the practical pragmatists might be like, well, we just don't know. They're declassifying that, yes, these investigations happen. That doesn't verify that, you know. Right. And so, hence, UFOs exist, right? It, It's hard to say. Hard to say. Could you just, like, imagine, I mean, you would just assume, right, like, like the President of the United States and maybe, you know, like, Her Majesty mm-hmm. and the United Kingdom, just like they know you, if, right, if just they like, gotta know, right? Like if I, if you're gonna be like Alfredo, you know, I run for an election. Everyone for some reason voted for me. It makes no sense. Um, Would you reveal the I book? Was elected the president's book? Huh? Would you unveil the book? Would you be like, I, I'm gonna break on NDA. my first Aliens day? Exist. I would step into that office and go. <laughs> So do they exist? And then be like, I'm excuse, sorry, what, Mr. President? You know the damn question. Do they exist? <laughs> they would be like, another one. Every time they come <laughs> yeah. in, every president, that's or the first yeah, question. The guy's like, yes, 
They do. They, they go, do. hold on, sit down, yeah. Mr. President. They roll an old PowerPoint. Beep, beep, <laughs> yeah. beep. Hello, and welcome to the video. Today, I'm going to announce for you, sit down. I hope you're braced because aliens do exist. And it's like some yeah. 1920s, yeah. like... So you've just become president and you're curious about <laughs> aliens. <laughs> you've just become president and you're curious about aliens. Well, let me tell you, son, they do exist and they are quite friendly. Their hands are very big. But very tiny. Very With tiny, big huge hands. hands. <laughs> opposite of baby hand anyway oh, that's yeah. just so wild just having that downloaded into your i mean along with the plethora of like uh you know we did do this we didn't do right, that right. we have this technology like just the can you imagine the download i feel like in four years i would just be like i just don't want to know anything anymore right i don't want to know it's not the stress that makes them go gray it's all the information all, being dumped in them yeah yeah, man, that's been something on my mind since I was a kid, which was like, if there was one reason to be president, it's it's the, the president's book of secrets, right? That yeah. supposedly exists, filled with all the president's treasures, <laughs> and uh, treasures being knowledge, but yeah. um, man, I don't, I don't know. It's too much. It's too much. I, I honestly, as much as I want to, I wouldn't want to. I feel like the queen knows something, you know, because she's been around. She, you know how many presidents the queen has seen? A lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah. I want her diet plan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, what are she eating? What's she? Yeah, what's she eating? Or is she being kept alive artificially by these aliens? Oh you know, like god. she's drawing on the youth of the oh. extraterrestrials. Oh my god! <laughs> That's some weird oh sci-fi god. stuff. Just so the goes down to the base and <laughs> and just absorbs the energy of the, of the alien, and they just shrivel up. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying the words, I was surprising myself. <laughs> okay. Now, coming back to these declassified documents, set the tone right. You know, okay, it was verified in 2007 that the UFO investigations were happening back in the 50s, and sometime before these files were released, the MOD announced that Rudlow Manor was no longer in use. Coincidentally in timing, I think. Um, now, to this day, the manor is surrounded by barbed wire, security cameras, and guard dogs. Hopefully people with the dogs, not just, yeah. not just loose dogs yeah, out there. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, that one's expired. <laughs> Bring <laughs> the next one. Oh, Just throw out God. a couple more pups. Now, yeah, why, why so heavily guarded? Exactly the like, question. Uh, exactly. Like, I don't know. That's a lot of upkeep, yes. right? If there's important stuff in there, you take it out, or you just destroy it you level it right um, now hmm. that all this security is exactly the question it has led a lot of people to wonder what is being hidden why is it still being so heavily guarded now it could be and this is a side theory kind of grabbing on my knowledge of area 51 that it could be security theater so as to say they're keeping up appearances on this decommissioned place so that way you don't look any closer if they fully just opened it gutted it and said whatever it's a tourist trap now you might start looking around and saying, well, you still got to have something, right? You still have to have some place, and they don't want you finding whatever Area 52 I, I is or what Rudlow Manor 2 is, you know? I was just about to say that the big brain play, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, look, right. secrets behind this place. And you go, mm -hmm. all right, let's go drive across yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. the actual place. Exactly. Ooh. That or it's still kind of active. I don't know, and they don't tell you. Because that's a big place, over 2 million square feet. So... Here's the thing. It isn't fully just dead, though, because today the site is used by Defense Digital, who are responsible for information strategy, policy, and the delivery of information technology systems across the MOD's corporate and military elements. So there is reason to have some sort of 
defense there, some sort of security. Um, it isn't just abandoned. Okay. But it still raises some questions for sure. So let's talk about, now. Uh, that's some of the history of the place and kind of quick, quick history. Let's talk about the investigation into this place and the potential evidence, right, of of UFOs and yeah. technology being hidden. Yeah, the, en- the evidence I'm very curious about, the investigation, uh, uh, just saying the word investigation into this place is surprising because who the heck's investigating this place? I'm about to blow <laughs> your mind. <laughs> Here's my nugget. Okay. Giorgio A. Sukalos. That name might not sound very familiar to you, but this man is the host of the History Channel's show, Ancient Aliens. Better known, perhaps, as the man oh. behind the meme, Aliens. He's got the wild hair. Yeah. Wait, what? Yes, he is now entering the fray. We've talked about him many times, but now he's officially a part of an episode. What? So, Giorgio here went to the site with Nick Pope, who was a former MOD UFO investigator, and they went there in order to investigate the possibility that important files related to the history of UFO phenomena are being kept hidden secretly inside this place. Now, it's worth noting, just some details here, Nick Pope insisted on waiting in the car for Giorgio due to his previous affiliation with the MOD. He didn't want anyone to think that you know, he might have planted something by going in right, prior yeah. to oh, Giorgio's smart. arrival. That's very smart. Yeah. So Giorgio was met by security only minutes after walking up to the gate and was asked to leave and turn the cameras off immediately. Like, no, 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 you got to go. No more investigation. Yeah. Now, it has been rumored that both the remains of an alien spacecraft and even an alien corpse lie within the walls of the manor. So... I wanted to talk about Giorgio's little story here because it is a bit of an investigation, but it kind of flash in the pan, mostly drama, no no real hard evidence there. But I do appreciate that Nick Pope here was was willing to at least try to maintain some level of, you know, sanctity of information, yeah. right? You know, because he could be, if you will, compromised. But yeah, no, they they were uh, shut down right away. I mean, it's the same as if you were to start waltzing into Area 51. You, you, see, just, the, no. you see those signs that are like, mm, don't. Yeah. Just don't. You just okay. can't. And what can you really do? <laughs> you got people up on the hill with binoculars and, and snipers on you if you <laughs> go too far. Damn. So now we have Amelia de Moldenberg, host of the Vice show Mystery Girl. She traveled to Wiltshire and met with a man named David, who refers to himself as a crop circle and UFO enthusiast by one of Wiltshire's monuments known as Silbury Hill. So that's where they met. David introduced the idea that Wiltshire had a high volume of extraterrestrial activity due to some kind of electricity in the ley lines. Now, ley lines aren't things that we've really taken a dive into in this show. It's not something that, you know, has really cropped up. And I'm sure at some point we'll go deeper into it. But just some like, again, spark note versions. Ley lines are intentionally straight alignments drawn between various historic structures and prominent landmarks that are thought to host invisible energy. A number of these ley lines intersect with Wiltshire and are believed to be the most powerful lines in all of Europe. So that is to say, you know, a lot of people look at historical monuments from across the globe, across cultures, Mm -hmm. etc. And they discover now it's who knows if they're kind of backing into an idea or if there's meaning here but basically when they draw a straight line let's say between Incan ruins and the Egyptian pyramids and then yeah. they line up with the Great Wall of China like that's I'm just making one up but it creates this perfect line that then encompasses the planet and that's a ley line and then there are many of those 
And sometimes those intersect multiple times over things like Stonehenge or again, the ancient Egyptian pyramids. So people start to wonder, like they put value into these ley lines because they're like, well, why is, if you draw all these lines, why is it, you know? And some also See, argue that you're just kind of yeah. cherry picking. Because the thing is, if you were, if you were to tell me that a ton of these, you drew one line and they lined up, I'd be like, all right, that's, you just blew my mind. You yeah. Know? But if they're just like, there's a million lines and then and then a ton of them cross over. It's like, like well, duh, you're just drawing lines over and over and over again. You're connecting that to this and then you're going to say, I'm going to, well, now I'm going to connect this to that. And at that point, it's like, you're just making mm -hmm. your brain, you're, you're just making it yourself as right. opposed to discovering it. And, and another thing too, because you're exactly right, but another thing on top of that is that a, there's a lot of rounding that kind of goes into this. Like it's one thing if this supposed ley line really intersects perfectly with a lot of these monuments and uh, structures. It'd be like a state over and you're just like, you know what, right. it's close enough. Right, because like here, I'm going to show you a couple of ley lines just very quickly. And, and and you can just Google ley lines. These aren't anyone in any lines in particular, but you know, these you see two of these ley lines cross right over kind of the south and a little bit west of the UK. And who's to say like it does that exactly line up with Stonehenge and or Redlow Manor, or is it just kind of a, an approximation? Basically that all is to say is there are there are big arguments saying that, you know, it's pseudoscience, but then there are other people that put a lot of faith and, right. and value in ley lines but here's another map of ley line like i showed you one with three here's one with Jesus. hundreds so like when you look at it that way you start to go mm, it's just like a we are on a ley line right now it you looks know? like a like one of the uh newspaper balls you make and you start putting uh rubber bands on oh right and you're like a good chunk of the way through maybe like 30 percent through so you could see still see like the earth, mm -hmm. but I mean, there's lines everywhere. Right. And yeah, I mean, at that point, right, it's just like, you're just drawing a ton of lines. You're just looking to make this to connect to that. And then you're just, you're just trying to connect things in different angles. Right. I think there are some, to expose my own opinions, some cognitive biases, some uh, logical fallacies involved in the development of ley lines. But right. I do, I do admit that there are some really interesting coincidences yeah coincidences for certain sites yeah I'm sure and some, events some happening crazy theories around it too yeah for, no, sure. for sure yeah but anyway that's a little bit about ley lines but david also points out that the number of military bases in wiltshire is oddly high which could allude to the idea that they are aware of the energy and activity within the area and are trying to protect it whether they're trying to harness it or protect it you know, a lot of people attribute that there's massive energy that can be pulled from these I mean, and that pyramids man, pull that energy It's down. humankind, so they're definitely going to try and harness it more than anything. Mm. I can't see the Turn it into a weapon. government going, we're going to protect this. It's like, no, right. how do we grab this to benefit ourselves and become a higher superpower? Um, So then the energy is supposed to draw in aliens? Like, so that's the weird thing. That's another thing is that they're usually the site of supernatural phenomenon, extraterrestrial activity, paranormal activity, Damn. Uh, interdimensional activity. There's a lot of oh things like that. God. Cryptids, accidents such as Bermuda Triangle at large is is a pretty heavily thought after sight. Can you imagine if you just went into a mansion and, and it was just some like some weird movie that just from a bad writer that just threw everything in it together. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like 
uh, space portals and aliens and and they throw in cryptids and then there's a ghost wandering it's like that i would my mind would explode it's like the the mirror dimension but for much. for supernatural yeah. events yeah it, it is it's a lot but, but uh, how do you contain that like that's just mm, ah, come on yeah i don't know because then then you start again to reference this show stranger things it's kind of like you know if yeah. you find a site and that site is being able to go to this other universe this upside right. down do you probe at it do you poke at it or are you actually protecting it or are you trying to harness it personally while also preventing it from being harnessed by others like i don't know yeah it that, all depends on how deep you believe in ley lines yeah, right but that stuff gets messy but it is interesting to note i mean to david's point here and i don't have a last name for david maybe it's for his privacy i don't think it was ever publicly discussed but there are 24 military bases in wiltshire as opposed to for example texas Texas is about 200 times the size of Wiltshire's area, yet Texas only has 15 military bases. So wow. when you think of the military base per, per like footprint, right, that's a lot. That is a lot. Why so many? Well, that's what David's saying, is that it was because of these ley lines. Does any other country do that? That's a good question. I honestly, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a man in a chair today. No man in the chair. But... Um, it is worth noting that a lot of the, and now this is factual information here, but a lot of this information, again, is argued over. And it's hard to really find hard facts with this discussion because some of it is twisted, I think, by opinion. And some of it is hard to actually find because it's classified. And so, as always, with a show like this, we try our best to find the line and ride it between fact and fiction and and not overstep what we don't know and not try to right. pretend we know things we don't but that's that's a lot of what happens in this particular topic i mean look at the our last episode about circleville exactly it's just like how do you have any type of evidence that you could really like believe when it's a lot of like he said she said exactly like i was like how do I don't know. I'll leave that up to the task force to research. All <laughs> yeah, that. I mean that's the thing, man. We're we're you know we're not experts in any one subject. Yeah, we you know, you know we do a different topic we're, every we're, week. Yeah, we're the show that just kind of like this is what we know. This is what you, people just know, give right? you a little tidbit, <laughs> right? The little just a little little snippet of all these things, yeah, and then and then you can go and explore a little deeper. happy meal of a mystery. You know, oh, you know, happy comes meal. with a toy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, Trevor here with a couple of housekeeping notes here about Red Web and the task force at large. No major updates really except for, hey, you want to support the show? The best way to do that is at store.roosterteeth.com. Just go ahead and search Red Web or click around if you want. And uh, we still have a bunch of really awesome things up there. Hoodies, shirts, mugs. We got the field notes, notebook. I don't believe we have the pins anymore because you guys are amazing and you've sold those out like in the blink of an eye. But as always, when new stuff comes out, I'll let you know right here. So that way you're the first to hear about it. But with that said, I want to talk about some of the fantastic sponsors that help bring this show to your ears. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by HelloFresh. It is the new year, the time for focusing on new goals. So whether you're trying to save money or prioritizing your health, HelloFresh has your back with tons of options to make cooking simple and enjoyable. HelloFresh delivers pre-proportioned ingredients right to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within the week, so you get convenience and quality, and you don't have to go out and deal with people at the grocery store. Man, is that a hassle. And HelloFresh also has a lot of variety. 
They offer 50 menu and market items each and every week, including veggie, calorie smart, and family-friendly gourmet options. I use HelloFresh and uh, it makes me feel like, and I talk about this all the time, it makes me feel like I'm an actual chef because it makes really tasty, really healthy meals and it really doesn't take all that long. And the fact that I don't have to go to the store or the grocery store and deal with all of that, man, that just gives me way too much anxiety if I'm being honest. So the fact that it comes right to my door is awesome. Uh, specifically speaking, I really enjoy their crispy Parmesan chicken that I got last week. Mmm, tasty for the date night. But uh, but yeah, go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 that's the number one six there at the end. And use code REDWEB16, and that'll get you 16 free meals and three free gifts. You're going to be eating well for a while. 16 free meals, three free gifts, HelloFresh.com slash REDWEB16. And again, that is code REDWEB16. This episode of RedWeb is also sponsored by Upstart. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you are not alone. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all done online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal experiences, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash redweb. That's upstart.com slash redweb. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided by your loan application. Upstart.com slash redweb. And remember, finances are important, so do your due diligence and research. And with that said, let's dive right back into the mystery but yeah so this comes let's come back to amelia and david here they have their their meeting at silbury hill now after this meeting amelia continued her investigation and met with ufo investigator matt williams and urban explorer richard cotterell right outside of redlow manor gates now matt tells us that the reason redlow manor is believed to be uk's area 51 is because the manor employed a secret wing of military specifically focused on UFO activity. So this only dives deeper and kind of scratches a little bit more at that itch of, okay, they're investigating, sure, but now they have a whole secret wing of the military that's stationed here doing the research. Now that's a little bit more of an investment, right? Not just interviews and stuff. Yeah. And also, how do you get into that division? Right. What do I need to study to get hired there? Because that seems interesting. How do you qualify for something like that? Right. Okay. But on top of that, the military forces would deny any claims of this group ever existing and keep all of their secrets hidden within the manor's gates. Now, that kind of makes sense. You don't want to yeah. just go publicizing your secret no, divisions. But, you know, with Bob Lazar, that was an episode we covered, I think, with to not directly answer your question, but if, if you're interested, Task Force, in how one might end up at a place like this, we did an episode on Bob Lazar, who, story has it, that he worked at Area 51 as an engineer and reverse engineering this technology. So if you want a really specific and in-depth claim about a story like this, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Very fascinating. I'd be curious if there's a Bob Lazar of Rudlow Manor, actually. Right. And if there is, you know you know we're going to do an episode on it. Someone but, that was like, I worked there, and this is what I was trying right. to break down. He's like, I saw baby aliens, man. I, mm-hmm. like these little, We called them the kids, the children. <laughs> it's true. And... Uh, Wild, wild stuff. Anyway, uh, just think about that episode. But so, yeah, we have this secret kind of branch of the military investigating UFO activity being denied actively by the military forces at the gate. 
And the most interesting theory that Matt had and shared with the group is that there was a UFO crash in Northern Wales, which was picked up by the military along with the previously mentioned alien corpse. So earlier when I mentioned that people were theorizing that there was an alien right, like and in the, uh, spacecraft, in I guess this is essentially, to Americanize this real quick, this yeah. is essentially their Rockwell. The, yeah. the Rockwell, New Mexico crash, where supposedly a UFO came down, an alien was discovered, pulled all that in, and tucked it away at Area 51. Wild. A lot's been learned about that Rockwell crash, that it was probably just a weather balloon or a oh, spy, really? like, or like a high-altitude balloon to kind of look for missiles coming in from Russia and the Cold War and all of that. Totally different episode huh. sharing what I know. But, but yeah, so... Crash in North Wales, UFO picked up, as well as uh, a passed away little alien. I say little, I don't know. Could be like uh, Independence Day where they're huge and tentacle-like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But this was kept, obviously, such a secret because it is believed that if aliens were on our planet for about 20 days, all humans would die off of infection, so they wanted to avoid stirring up chaos. Now, here's the thing. If I had a flu and I went to an alien planet and I coughed a little bit, that might, that might start you know, a bit of a widespread pandemic. However, if there's only one of me or a handful of me on an alien planet, everything's a pandemic to me, you know? Yeah. One gun facing out towards a thousand guns. Yeah. So I feel like... Or it's just like, the even then, you who's to say you can even exist in the atmosphere? Right? True. You could just step out, you know, like, instantly. You step out, the gravity crushes. <laughs> I mean, like, there just could be so many different ways and things that you get affected and you could affect the mm. plant. That, yeah, that is, that's absolutely insane. Right? right. Like, if if you had a cold and then all of a sudden you just, you brought that and, yeah, a, an alien pandemic. That right. crossed my mind. It's yeah. It's like, yeah, we could be detrimental to each other, I guess, essentially. Exactly. For sure. I mean, that, that was even explored a little bit in War of the Worlds old book but turned into a film um uh, tom, tom cruise was cruise, in that one yeah. yeah but basically and uh i mean you haven't watched it and you want to spoiler alert but not for a while they're like grabbing people harvesting them and yeah. looking at their blood and then somebody had a cold and it just starts wiping out all the aliens and it's done yeah yeah it's it's again that's something i hadn't really thought about until that right uh, that book uh that movie anyway so coming back to amelia matt and richard they were all met up, right, sharing these stories, talking about things, and they all headed out to Burlington Bunker. So in, they made a video about this, and in the video, the three do not make it past the fence surrounding the manor, but Matt claims he was once able to get inside. So again, we have another story of people coming to the gate of a facility, and that's kind of just where it ends. And it makes sense, security. Yeah. But on top of that, and this is now where it becomes from video evidence to anecdotal, Matt claims that once you get past the fence and you enter the bunker, you will be met by a metal door that leads to reflective archways that tell you where you're going. Burlington Bunker, I, I want to know more from Matt uh, as to what he saw beyond these shiny arches that just say exit and entrance and infirmary or the cafe. Thing is, like, I, would, I would love for it. Not that I want to like encourage a, a riot or trespassing, but like, if there was one dude that just ran in and was like, he's telling the truth, he's right. And right. It's like, oh man, like, what else do you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like, just even peeking through that door for half a second, you can just be like, this man knows. Yeah. Like, yeah. he knows the truth. I <sighs> mean, that's the thing though. You, you would think like, all it takes is one. All it takes is one person to break an NDA, risk their life, whatever it is, 
to come spill a story. But again, I tease the audience, go back to Bob Lazar. I mean, if you believe that he was actually on the on the ground, there's a lot of evidence, anecdotal, you know, at times to, to support. Some of the stories that he had were eventually part of declassified documents, right? And, uh, and you see how a lot of people try to smother it down as rumor or try to paint him as uh, crazy or what have you. And so it makes you wonder, maybe people have spilled the beans and it's just been spun as a wild conspiracy, right? That's true. It was very easy to just be like, that guy's crazy. Yeah. Aliens, come on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a... It happens, man. Uh, it happens everywhere. Damn, no But, one but I'm with you, man. You. I would just love... Someone comes up, it's all real! Everything's... All. And then, what, they get tased? Yeah. And then they, you, they get disappeared? It. What are they going to do? If that yeah. person gets disappeared, you're probably going to believe that. Yeah. He screamed, he screamed, the British are coming! And then he was gone. Oh, man. But yeah, let's talk just very briefly about Burlington Bunker. It was uh, it was built in the late 1950s as a bomb-proof, radiation-proof, poison-gas-proof underground city designed to shelter up to 4,000 central government personnel and the royal family in the event of a nuclear strike. So, this is a, this is a beefy building. The bunker connects to Rudlow Manor and could be where the alien corpse is being kept, but there's no concrete evidence to prove this. But a lot of people theorize, I mean, you got this massive beef of a building connected to Rudlow Manor. It stands to reason that where would you put your most secure assets in that everything. But what building. if there was an actual nuclear strike? Everyone cramming next to the alien artifact. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> like, at the, right. I'm sure like there's so many. Uh, there could Sorry, be your highness. And everything could just be push the alien down. over. Yeah. Right. Like, I just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a weird place to like put it, but I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe it's in a in a small room in the basement. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So that's some of the investigative work that's gone into this building. Nothing super fruitful, you know, as as as, as you tangible would as one would expect, right? Yeah. Exactly. But let's talk about some of the sightings around this kind of place. So Wiltshire has been a hot spot. For UFO sightings since the 1950s, right? Since okay. they yeah. ad like admitted and declassified that yes, we are investigating right. UFOs. In June of 2005, three white objects were seen flying above the east end of Glasgow in the cloudy sky around midnight. Now there were reports of voices caught by electronic equipment around the time of the sighting. Um, but I've never really heard these two pieces of evidence attributed to each other: UFO sightings yeah. and electronic voice phenomena. Like, that's interesting. But uh, a similar sighting was seen in Lockridge, Wiltshire, in broad daylight. A man reported seeing three, quote, white metallic craft while on a bike ride in the evening of June 21st, I assume, of 2005. So two sightings in the same year, three white objects, and one of them happening at night, one at day, the one at night coming with some odd voices being caught. I wonder what those voices were. Yeah, I don't... If it was like military chatter, that'd be interesting. This all just reminds me of um, M. Night Shyamalan's movie, uh, Signs. Oh, and yeah? They did such a great job building tension in that movie. <laughs> I'm just picturing, yeah, I mean, the birthday clip. We've referenced oh my that God. here before, but. That was, yeah, that was the little. As a kid, terrifying. I watched that so many times. Yep. But I, I don't but know why, just, but it was yeah. so spooky, but so interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, even the, the, the thing that I feel like would be, like, if something happened or whatnot, like, um, you know, when the uh, Joaquin Phoenix with the brother was like watching the, the news um, mm -hmm. in the closet because they were trying to like, you know, take all that stuff away from the kids. And 
he was just like, yeah, the news clip, like, there's footage of a bird flying through the air, and then it just looks like it hits a wall in the sky, and then it just comes straight down. They found it, and its neck is, like, snapped. And mm-hmm. it's like, what would you do if there was just that all over the news? Oh, my God. Right? Like, I'd be like, you'd, you'd be like, oh, we we crack stealth, you know, just like the, we have the perfect stealth craft, but at the yeah. same time, be like, oh, my God, bro. Like, because at that point, why are they... You'd like to think it's because they don't want to be discovered because they're just they're just visiting and they're terrified. Maybe but, just watching over the yeah, earth, kind of it, studying. But then it's just like you. It's like well, was it because they're like scouting and because they're dangerous mm. and they want to be? I would. It, it would just be so insane to just the world would stop. Oh yeah, right. And oh yeah. Analyze that footage over and over and over again, and it, it would just be nuts. Just you know where it. to tune into. Red web. Red web. <laughs> <laughs> turn it into a plug. Dude, I don't know what I would do. And I honestly think that... If that was just on the news everywhere. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I think riots would... I mean, people would lose yeah, their minds. Would, and rightly so. That's, that's, that yeah. shakes the foundations of everything we know. Now, here's yeah. the thing. I almost feel like... Maybe Even we, just that little thing, right? Yes. Where it's just like... It, it would shake like what's going on the here. planet. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, this is just some sort of wild conspiracy theory that I'm just going to throw out there. Maybe what, like, all of this is, uh, and I'm gesturing to my notes, to Fredo, maybe all this is just trickling out information to normalize it, right? So that way we become like a like a lobster being boiled alive. You're just bringing the temperature up. So that way, when the news hits, we don't all freak out, right, and scream and run around. Instead, we go, eh, saw it coming. We knew. We knew, right? <laughs> I, look. If that's the case, I feel like the temperature has been set um, very lukewarm for a minute, mm-hmm. right? Like, where's that next notch? Like, what would that next notch be? That's, that's a good point, right? I mean, we're slowly declassifying. We have a lot of people talking about it like this. Um, but go back to when our parents were young. Our grandparents were young. You know, it really wasn't all that long ago. I mean, if you want to go back to Salem, the witch trials, it yeah. wasn't all that long ago that there was a lot of, like, technophobia, a lot of... Uh, phobia around science and a lot of you know we still have a little bit of that today but i mean that is true in that through that lens we've come quite far as far as the temperature escalation now damn i didn't even think about that yeah i just just thought about it yeah what if like generations from now you know it's like yeah no Mm -hmm. um there's some some very small concrete evidence of, of the existence of extraterrestrials and We've, uh, we all just kind of go, yeah, that's just, okay. We kind of expected that. Yeah. I just don't know what that, that. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I like, I feel even. like we're on the low setting. I just don't know. Not in our lifetime, the, baby. What the beginning of that medium setting is. Right. right? You know what right. I mean? That switch from like high low setting to like low medium. Right. <sighs> ah, all right. You know what? Maybe they just normalize <laughs> chaos. So then when, they, you know what? Aliens exist. You're like, everyone start yeah. screaming and rioting again. But you're like, we're also normalized to that part of it. That yeah. The freak out that oh. <laughs> we're freaking out over the Super Bowl. We're freaking out over franchises. We're freaking out over aliens. Wait a minute. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Rewind that. No, no, Wait, no. We keep going. Back. Keep going. No, no, no. Next thing. Next thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. All right. So. We're talking about three metallic crafts here in 2005, but let's throw it way back now. On January 23rd of 1974, there was a large crash with bright lights over the Berwyn Mountains, again in North Wales. Now, this crash was thought to be a spaceship, but the MOD denied any claims relating to extra... You know, I think... Hold on. Of course, extraterrestrial existence. Of course, the, the government's going to come through. When I guess it's worth questioning. When has the government ever come forward and been like, yep, 
they're always denying. That's true. So I think it goes without saying. There's a little. Uh, well, the, the the thing that's like, you know, you can't just sit here and me like nothing happened because something happened. But the thing is, like, it's most likely just some government technology right. that they don't want to expose. Exactly. They tested it and that's where it landed, or like another country is overextending their reach and right like airspace yeah. violations and stuff yeah the majority of it's just that stuff for sure now what's interesting with this crash in particular is that the mod had five other distinct reports of ufo sightings over the uk in general around 10 p.m on the same night that this crash went down so there's something here i mean I would want to, I think at some point we should really dive into some of the sightings here in the U.S. before yeah. I just kind of gloss over them. But, I mean, when you go back to the mid-century here, there was a lot of sightings that corroborated other sightings. And it's not like these people are phoning each other up and saying, let's phone yeah. this in. People are seeing something, right? Whether it's, you know, just a bit of a meteor shower or a satellite or whatever it might right. be or a plane. Like there's a bunch of people that don't know each other all having mm -hmm. the same sighting. Which, for me, I'm like, yeah, no, they saw something. It's just, it's probably a plane or like a meteor right. shower or, yeah. I'm just like, ah, damn. Oh, that's where, that's where like, the skeptic in me goes, yeah, they saw something. They definitely did. Yeah. But, like, it, it was something man-made. Mm-hmm. Now, three of these sightings, it's interesting to note, were in the home counties. I, I had to look this up. The home counties are essentially the cluster of counties that surround London. One of them was in Lincolnshire and another was in Sussex. Now, witnesses reported seeing a bright light falling towards the horizon. So that would probably be the crash, the supposed crash. Again, it could also be a satellite coming down, a plane, yeah. meteor, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in May of 1974, a few months later, Bryn Mawr John, an RFA minister at the time, in a letter to Davith Ellis Thomas, who was a local MP at the time as well, wrote this, quote, As suggested by the descriptions reported, it seems that the phenomena could well have been caused by a meteor descending through the atmosphere, burning up and finally disintegrating before reaching the ground. Such a hypothesis would also explain the absence of any signs of impact. It has also been suggested that at 8.32 p.m. that evening, there was an earth tremor in the Berwyn Mountains, which produced a landslide with noises like detonation. The latter aspect is, however, outside the field of this department." End quote. So basically, he's saying, from, from what we've seen, it is consistent with the reports that this could have been a meteor, and it could be that this boom sound that maybe coincided with this meteor was just coincidence. That was a landslide, but they didn't investigate the landslide because it's not their thing. I mean, it's literally what he's saying. But the government went there still, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, which I mean, I would assume they'd still go there even if it was a meteor shower. Right, right. right. They wanted maybe their rare space metal or something like that. Right. It's stuff to look at, investigate, study. Maybe it was a, yeah, maybe it was a meteor made out of pure gold. Oh. You know, gotta cop some of that liquid Ooh. gold. Government needs to you imagine? grab it up, get rid of the debt. Could you imagine, like... <laughs> You have some sort of like weird death or something where someone is found just kind of on their way to work or something and they're like piled on by liquid gold and splattered gold is all around them. And it turns out it was just a meteor made out of solid gold that came into the atmosphere, burned melted, up and burned up, and splattered. And splattered that some would liquid be gold. the weirdest death. Right. That'd be some sort of like Targaryen Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, Where's my crown? Ah! 
<laughs> I mean, like you'd, you'd have to think you were probably the only person in the history of man to die that way. <laughs> like the most unique death ever. Mm-hmm. Like wild stories means, would be told of you. Oh yeah. Uh, but man, that would be unexpected. To yeah. Say the least. Very much so. Ultimately, this incident um, was believed to be a spacecraft being concealed in the manor by the British government. So, I mean, right. Yep. It, it yeah. stands. I mean, we've we've kind of been talking about that now for a bit. But yeah, bring it back. Store it in the manor. Bring it back. Put it in the manor. Right. So let's talk now about some of the landmarks. You know, we've talked about the history, the sightings, investigations. But uh, the explanations behind why many of these sites are located where they are, as well as their purposes, still remain a mystery to this day but uh, could be related to the special energy that we described earlier. And these landmarks that surround this could also be due to the ley lines that we described. So Wiltshire is the home to a couple ancient landmarks that I want to talk about that add to some of the oddities of this area. You've got Silbury Hill. It's a large chalk mound, which supposedly took 10 years and over 750 people to complete. But the significance surrounding this mound and the, the meaning that might be behind it is still yet to be known. So it's, the, it's basically just this large mound of chalk that had to be made and people just don't know why it was made. What it stood for, what the meaning behind it what? is. Why it's in this area. A giant mound of chalk? Yeah. That's I guess. so random. Maybe people think but that then like... also the fact... Landcraft here! But... And also the fact that it had to be made? I don't know if it had to be made. It just kind of was. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, maybe that's... Uh, there's theories surrounding these kind of structures to say maybe this is them ushering in yeah. UFOs. Maybe this is ancient peoples saying, this is a landing site. They once were here, and now we've built a temple out of whatever we can make. You know, this is our... not Maybe not temple, but maybe this is our yeah. effigy to the aliens. Right. Maybe this is our statue to... Here, 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 come here. Know, to worship yeah. them. I don't know. Yeah. But there is also the Westbury White Horse, which is the oldest of several white horses carved in Wiltshire. Its earliest evidence is from 1772, and it has since been adopted as a symbol of the town of Westbury and Wiltshire as a whole, appearing on welcome signs and the logo for, you know, tourists and stuff. Now, I'm going to show you, Fredo, a picture of some of these white horses. Mm -hmm. um, but for the audience at home, as always, we have the YouTube channel that puts up the uh, images. And we also have the Twitter page at RedWebPod for both of those social platforms. But uh, here is one such white horse. Now, it isn't like carved out of marble. It's not a statue. Oh. It's, it's basically... It's like carved into the land. It's like carved into the land. So that way you can only see this massive horse drawing almost uh, from the air and a lot of people say that and there are these similar drawings all around the world why is the horse drawn like that though like if you it's told like a style me, design right yeah if you told me to say what this is I'd be like that seems more like a maybe like a cat lion mm, yeah. really it is kind of long tail long um, yeah I guess a little weird I mean maybe it's just because of the the, the liberty that the artist took, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, if I'm if I'm to believe a little bit, I'm like, why is it drawn like that? Yeah, it's a weird looking horse. Yeah, well, that's the one in Uffington. Now, the Westbury one that I mentioned is uh, it definitely looks more horse like. Oh, that's a horse. That's just straight up horse. <laughs> that's and that's actual... all chalk, by the way. So it's it's chalk laid on the ground. Oh, amongst all this grass on grassy hills. 
And that's a straight up. Yeah, that's yeah. a horse. Yeah, just the straight other up one. I was just like, um, yeah, no, it looks, looks like some kind of weird cat. Now, some of these are much older, right? Like this one had earliest evidences just in general of these white horses go back to 1772, as I mentioned. But I mean, there are designs like this to, to generalize. There are designs like this all over the world that have their own theories behind them. But a lot of UFO enthusiasts look to these as now, why would ancient they, they ask themselves, why would ancient peoples draw these if nothing else but to show the sky, to show either their gods or aliens coming from the skies to draw them in to say, here's where we are, because otherwise you can't really appreciate such drawings unless seen from vastly fought I think it'd high be above. More towards the gods, if anything, I would too. if they're that old, you know, right. And but then there are there are some like there are. And again, I'm going to gloss over this because it's out of the scope of this specific episode. But there are places where mountains have been plateaued, right? The, the tops of mountains have been flattened by ancient peoples. There are drawings um, like birds and, and other animals very similar to this. But then there are also just straight lines that look like runways, ancient runways. And yeah. that, that's really what ancient aliens kind of dives into a lot. Right, is, yeah. Are these runways for ancient... Uh, is, so I'm why do they not going to go into all that. But, but yeah, so it's really interesting to talk about these white horses. But these white horses at least can be seen from the ground, right? Because they're on hills. Yeah. Look very unique and interesting, though. Yeah. And the last piece of kind of structures that I want to talk about as we close the episode. Now, there are some other Stonehenge-style monuments all over Wiltshire that give off an odd energy. And I, I don't know if it's like... Who is... If you were blindfolded and placed there... Giving this energy the reading. Yeah, you know the scientist mean? in like, me says, can you feel the energy now? Do you know where you are? Maybe it's a bit of a placebo effect, but... No one has ever been able to prove any correlation with these structures and extraterrestrial activity all the way to today, but it is the crux of a lot of theories. And so I wanted to mention those. But yeah, that I mean, is for that's me, Rebel Manor, baby. I mean, if, for me, it's just like if it's a place where anyone can go, why don't a bunch of scientists just go and go? Yeah, there's some weird, weird readings here or nah, there isn't. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. I'm sure someone has somewhere gone. Nah. You know, yeah, and, then, and then everyone's going to go, I don't believe you. I don't. There's a lot of people that only believe. Yeah, they just want to believe. Agree. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's Rudlow Manor, a very fascinating topic. I was really happy to uh, to be looking into this one with yeah. the with our task force team here. Look, it's 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 fun for the, like this episode specifically because, you know, we do a lot of episodes on the ground, some below water, mm -hmm. um, some in the earth. And this one's up towards the uh the skies yeah and that's pretty cool it was right next door to uh atlantis aka ireland yeah <laughs> Call yeah that was that a episode. big thing about atlantis i was like oh that's where it's supposed to be interesting like Some that theorized. like that close to like land you know what i mean yeah yeah i always thought atlantis would be a little bit further out into the water right so just like nah it's right next to the land <laughs> theories have it all over the place you should go yeah, task force go listen to that episode yeah. let us know your thoughts but Man, this has been Rudlow Manor. I'm really happy to be, you know, tackling some more alien-centric stuff. Right. Um, you know, outside of the confines of abductions and that stuff. But man, this was interesting. Yeah. Any closing thoughts on the on the matter? Um, I mean, per usual with the extraterrestrial episodes, we've done a couple. Mm -hmm. Just like, ah, anything tangible. Just, just, just a nugget. Just, ah, just right? a little nugget. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. It's usually just like, nope, there's this place and that's where it goes down. And no one knows. Right. No I'm one like, has seen oh, past the doors. Someone knows. Was, yeah. A lot of people know. People know, but yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, ah. Yeah. Just want someone running out with like an alien limb or something. Oh my <laughs> God. Like Buzz Lightyear and Woody. Like, hey, everybody, I'm an alien. <laughs> oh my just, God. <laughs> Howdy, howdy, howdy. You got an intern sprinting down from the manor <sighs> going, I got his leg. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. <sighs> yep. I just want to know what alien tastes like. But hey, maybe I, we'll find out what, on a future episode what? of Red Web. Thank you Can't, all for listening. What? We're dropping that bomb. He's <laughs> just staring into the distance. I'm going to bring this up the next episode. <laughs> I'm not running away from this. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> See you next week. Right back here on another Mystery Monday.